This is your Vineyard Podcast, helping you love Jesus, grow together, and give back. And I'm your host, Sam Murray, the Director of Spiritual Development here at the church. And today's conversation is about fasting, denying ourselves food. So I have two awesome guests with us today. First, I want to introduce Sarah Kovach, who's our Assistant Director of Spiritual Development here at the Vineyard. I have the privilege of working closely with Sarah and seeing her model a life of prayer. And I'm really excited for her to share with you all today. Sarah, will you say hello and just quickly intro why you're excited to talk about fasting today? Yeah. Hello, everybody. Uh, I'm excited to talk about fasting because it's really helped me draw closer to Jesus and uh, deepen my prayer life. Right on. And we also have Christy Knapp here with us as well. Christy's a longtime member of Team Vineyard and has done so much to bless our church over the years. She serves on multiple prayer teams and with Vineyard Kids. But most importantly, for the sake of our conversation today, I respect Christy's prayer life, and I'm excited for her to share with all of us. Uh, Christy, will you also say hello and tell us why you're excited to talk about fasting? Hello, everybody. Um, I am excited to talk about fasting because it's been something that's been beneficial to me in the past in my own spiritual growth. So I'm looking forward to hopefully um, motivating and, and encouraging others to, to try out this discipline. Right on. Well, I have a couple quick lessons to share from Scripture as we approach this topic of fasting, and then we're going to spend most of our time sharing some stories, examples, personal motivations for all of the three of us. Um, but the first idea I want us to look at as we look at Scripture is fasting and prayer are linked topics. I'll say that again. Fasting and prayer are linked topics. Um, fasting without prayer would just be dieting. Uh, so let's look at our first scripture in Matthew six sixteen. It says this, When you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show others they are fasting. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face, so that it will not be obvious to others that you are fasting, but only to your Father who is unseen. And your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Now, if we were listening to this scripture in the context of how Jesus delivered it, it was in the Sermon on the Mount, and it would have linked us immediately to something he said just 30 seconds ago. So Matthew 6, 5 through 6 said this, And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites. Sound familiar? For they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into the room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. So these scriptures also show us important ideas about our motivation as we approach fasting. And both of these examples Jesus gave us, uh, the hypocrites had received their reward in full because they were uh, after the wrong reward, right? They were fasting on pr and praying on their own benefit or for their own benefit and for their own recognition. But the deeper reward we find is in denying ourselves and fasting and praying for the Lord's benefit. So let's look at one more parable to set up that idea a little more fully. And Jesus taught us this to help with our motives as we approach fasting in Luke 18, 9 through 14. It says this, to some who were confident of their own righteousness and looked down on everyone else, Jesus told this parable. Two men went up to the temple to pray, 
one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed, God, I thank you that I am not like other people, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week and give a tenth of all I get. But the tax collector stood at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven, but beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. I tell you that this man, rather than the other, went home justified before God. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. So fasting is a pathway for us to humble ourselves, not exalt ourselves. We choose to deprive deprive ourselves of food in order to put ourselves in a spiritually humble position before the Lord. We do not deprive ourselves of food to show how strong or righteous we are or spiritually flex to our friends. I've been rambling a bit too long now, and I want to get Sarah and Christy involved in the conversation. So, Sarah, uh, I want to ask you a pointed question. Uh, What was your why or the motivation behind why you have fasted in the past? If someone's listening that's never fasted before, it may be helpful to them if you share some of what motivated you to fast. Yeah. So uh, as a new Christian, my first experience with hearing of fasting was during Chasing God. I came, I think, just one or two nights that first year, and they talked about fasting, and I was intrigued about it. Uh, So when Chasing God the next year came along, we were doing sign-ups at a booth in the atrium, and I thought, you know what, I'm going to do this. They were talking about it. I don't know what it will feel like or look like, but I just want more of Jesus, and if this is how I get it, then that's what I'm going to do. And so I signed up for the fast, and I, like I said, I didn't know what to expect, um, but it was really cool to be part of something bigger than myself, knowing that hundreds of people were doing this and pursuing the Lord. Love it. Christy, can I ask you the same question? What was your motivation behind why you have fasted? So uh, very similar to Sarah, my first experience with fasting was motivated by um, the initiation of the three-day fast prior to chasing God. It wasn't something that I had ever tried or experienced before, so I mostly did it out of submission. Um, And I'm going to be really honest, it was really hard that first time. I I didn't know what to expect, and um, I didn't do great at it, but I continued to to press in um, as the years have gone by and have have grown in my ability to um, to get through like a fast from food um, is harder for me than fasting from other things. But the more I've tried it, the better I've got gotten at it. Yeah, I love that. Christy, you brought up something that we've all felt. Anyone that's fasted has felt this. It's hard. Uh, so can we talk a little bit about that experience when fasting has been difficult? Uh, what have you done? Uh, I'm sure I I can share mistakes that I've made, but also ways that I've responded well when it got difficult and ways that the Lord helped me through some of those difficulties in fasting. I'd love to just park there in our conversation for a minute. How have we navigated the difficulties of fasting? For me, one of the first things I noticed when I fast is there's typically some unexpected potluck or treat on the, we call it trough here at the church. There's just food everywhere that I notice in ways I never had before. And it's, it is challenging because you wake up with a mindset of, I'm going to be, you know, sacrificing for the Lord. I'm going to pray. And so in those moments, 
I remember why I'm doing what I'm doing. It is to draw closer to the Lord. And so I, you know, find a place to pray, to read my Bible. Uh, sometimes worship music is very helpful for me. Uh, that's how I've navigated it. I just repeatedly turn to the Lord. Yeah, for sure. I'll, uh, I'll echo some of that. Uh, when I've had difficulties in fasting, it's helpful for me to have something else to fix my eyes on or turn myself to instead of just fixating on the difficulty. Um, so when we talked earlier about the idea that fasting and prayer are just linked ideas, um, when I'm fasting, I'm also praying with more intentionality or worshiping with more intentionality in that time frame. Uh, more consistency. So instead of fixating my mind on this is hard or I'm hungry, it's a reminder to turn myself to prayer um, about the things that I'm fasting for or praying for. Um, worship music has been helpful to me in those spaces of, okay, I'm just going to go and worship the Lord for a minute instead of fixating on my physical hunger or difficulty. So similar to what you said, Sarah, it's just helpful to have intentionality of what am I going to turn my eyes to instead of the difficulty and place myself in that posture? I think something that I have found encouraging um, in doing a corporate fast, so something similar, uh, what I mean when I say that is just with a larger group of people. So like the Chasing God um, three-day fast that we've already referenced, being able to do that with others and knowing that they're doing the same thing as me has been really helpful um, in navigating the difficulty of denying certain things, even if um, I might be secluded in like a work environment and nobody else around me is fasting, just to know that I have brothers and sisters that are going through the same thing um, is helpful to me. And um, in seasons when I've done a fast that's just on my own, um, I find that it's helpful, like, if I share that with my husband, not from a gloating standpoint, but more from a accountability place mm-hmm. to, so I don't quickly give in or convince myself that, oh, the Lord said it's time to be done now, mm-hmm. um, but just a form of accountability um, has been helpful, too. Love it. Um the scripture that comes to mind for me is in Ecclesiastes, and I forget the chapter and verse right now, so uh, if anyone knows that, speak up. But uh, the reference of when I fall down, someone else is there with me to help pick me up. Um, the two string or three-string cord, all that stuff comes up in Ecclesiastes, but um, the idea of accountability, partnership, walking alongside each other in fasting uh There is a private experience with the Lord that happens when we fast, but it can be helpful to have that accountability, whether it's just with your spouse or in something that we're engaging in as a church, like preparing for chasing God, to have people that can come alongside you, encourage you, pick you up when you feel tempted, like, I'm about to fall, I need some encouragement, some support. Um, That can be a tremendous gift when we're fasting. Quick side note, but fasting appears over 70 times in Scripture. Uh, So that's a lot of places for us to look about what Scripture says about fasting. Uh, We're not going to cover all 70 references to Scripture today in this conversation, but we are going to link a couple articles in the description so that you can do some of that discovery for yourself. So if this is stirring something in you and you think, wow, this is a big topic, what does Scripture say about it? We'll point you in the right direction so you can do some of that discovery for yourself beyond the things we're going to cover today. 
Can we talk more practically about some of the experiences we've had in fasting? Um, maybe times that we've approached it, uh, even specifically how we approach the fast. So was it a full food fast? Were we only drinking water? Did we drink water and coffee? Did we drink water, juice, and coffee? <laughs> uh, just practically, was it a full fast, partial fast, all that stuff? Some of our experiences or stories, I know that's a open-ended question, but I'd love to just have some conversation around our experiences around fasting. I know the first time I fasted, uh, like I said, it was during Chasing God, and I didn't know what to expect. And so when I heard the terminology of food fast, I thought, okay, that's things I don't chew, right? And so I went into that three-day fast having water, uh, herbal tea, chicken broth, uh, not knowing that that wasn't a complete fast. It was just my understanding of no food. Um, Towards the end of the fast, I realized, oh, some people think of a full fast as just water. And so it was an interesting revelation for me, but I'll say it didn't upset me. Like, I didn't feel like my sacrifice was less than theirs, if that makes sense. I just realized I I did make a commitment to let go of some things, and I saw the Lord move in powerful ways. And so, yeah, I that was my first fast, chicken broth and herbal tea. For um, sure. I have done other types of fasting as well, but... yeah. And that's a biblical idea, the idea of a quote-unquote partial fast. We see in Daniel 10.3, he says, I ate no choice food, no meat or wine touched my lips, and I used no lotions at all until the three weeks were over. So the idea of he restricted himself from some foods, but not all foods, uh, choice foods. I would echo um, what Sarah said as well. When I was first starting from food fasts, I would um, go as long as I could without, um, with just water. But if I really was feeling like lethargic or tired, um, I might throw in like chicken broth or like a all natural juice of some sort. Um, But I wouldn't go into it expecting that I would need that. It was just something that helped me to keep going. Um, And it tends to, for me, the first day tends to be the hardest, especially towards the end of the day. So just getting a little bit of something in my stomach would sometimes just get me over the hump to get through the next day and the next day. Yeah, I'll share a story for myself, uh, a way the Lord led me to a fast earlier this year. I'd been praying for direction in a couple areas for a while, and I felt like I wasn't getting clear direction from the Lord or clear answers, and I'd gotten a little too demanding of the Lord in my prayer life of, Lord, I want answers now. And he responded with, you need to humble yourself, and gave me direction toward a 40-day fast, which was really intimidating to me. So I said, Lord, uh, I don't know that I can do a 40-day water-only fast. <laughs> I'm going to keep praying, and will you give me some direction for another way to fast for 40 days? I, I want to humble myself before you, but I don't know that I have faith for water-only for 40 days. And he gave me a way uh, to engage in a 40-day fast with him. Uh, and what the idea that he brought to mind was to eat a meal early in the morning before the sun rises and then eat another meal um, after the sun's down at the end of the day. And that was the rhythm that I engaged in in the Lord. And it was a daily rhythm of 
I was hungry throughout the middle of that day um, and dependent on the Lord fasting for a rhythm of 40 days, but it was a way that um, I could sustain my body with some level of nutrition um, while I sought the Lord more intentionally for a 40-day period. So that's another way um, that the Lord's led me into fasting uh, that wasn't just uh, no food, only water for a period of time. I think something that's helpful to remember is that there is not a um, a rule book and we're not presenting you yes. with do's and don'ts for this discipline. It really is a personal um it's a personal connection that you seek out with the Lord and you ask him for um, for guidance and he'll reveal that to you. There, there are some guidelines within scripture, but it's not an exhaustive list. So don't feel like the, the examples that we give today are the only, only ways that can fast. Um, that one can fast. The Lord created the universe (laughs) in seven days, so he's got more ideas about how to fast than what we're able to cover in this short time today. For sure, for sure. Um, Yeah, be led by the Lord. Uh, That's the biggest thing that we can drill down in all of this. The reason that we're fasting is to submit ourselves to him, empty ourselves before him, uh, make him great. And uh, yeah, we should approach fasting in that lowly position of asking him, Lord, will you lead us, give us some direction into this discipline um, so that you could be lifted high and exalted. Um, And he will give you creative ideas about how to engage when we approach him in that way. All right. Do we have any other stories between the three of us that might encourage somebody that hasn't fasted before about why it's beneficial. Um, I know the stories we talked about at the top were that this should not be for our own benefit as our primary motivator, um, like the Pharisees that were looking for a reward and recognition from other people. So I want to be careful that we don't just uh, make an argument for fasting because it's going to benefit us. That's not why we do it. We do it because the Lord asks us to, um, and we want to come lowly before him. But he will move in our lives when we approach him with that posture. And I think it can uh, increase people's faith to hear some of how the Lord has met with us when we've approached him in fasting. So if that brings anything to mind for us, I'd love to share those stories. Outside of doing um, strictly food fasts, I've actually engaged in a number of different fasts from different um, things. And that came from a place of wanting to get closer to the Lord. And so um, I would ask the Lord for what are things that are getting in the way of me connecting more with you? And in different seasons, that would be things like um, screen time or um, social media. Uh, I've even fasted from just sugar for a season of life. Um And that was a longer fast for me because it was just something that I felt that my body craved and needed. And I knew in my spirit that um, the Lord was bigger than that. And so in order to get closer with him, I chose to deny myself something that I had convinced myself that I really needed and desired and deserved. Um, And that was actually 
super beneficial to just come in from a humble place and acknowledge that this is something that's standing in the way of me getting closer to the Lord. And I know that can sound uh, foolish, (laughs) that something like sugar um, would be a hindrance, but just as as you pursue a closer connection in any kind of relationship with someone, um, you get to a point where you're willing to give up anything. Mm-hmm. And the closer you get, the the more fine-tuned those, those things become. Um, and so you get into the nitty-gritty of, no, really, I need you to not be so dependent on caffeine to start your day or whatever that looks like. Um, I, I've had numerous experiences like that where the Lord will just gently whisper to me like, hey, can we talk about your need for whatever it is, watching movies or, you know, scrolling through Instagram. It could be a number of things, but those have been really beneficial in addition to food fasts for me. For sure. I think about Psalm 37, 4, which says, Take delight in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. When I find my heart delighting in other things more than I'm delighting in the Lord, it's time to fast from that thing. Um, And we're talking about fasting, that the Lord responds to fasting, that he gives us reward um, for fasting. But it's because of that rhythm of this psalm, right? We take delight in the Lord, and he will give us the desires of our hearts. It's that rhythm and that order of events that as we delight in the Lord, our heart starts to align with the Lord, and that's when the desires of our hearts are met um, because we're delighting in the right things. The psalm doesn't say, tell the Lord the longings of your heart, and he'll give you the longings of your heart. It says, delight in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. So, um I find that rhythm helpful in the way that I approach fasting, that first and foremost, why am I fasting? It's not to get an answer to my prayer. It's to delight in the Lord. And then I can lift my prayers to him. Thinking of a a time, I know that you both kind of referenced this a little bit, the things we turn to for comfort or for pleasure. I remember one morning waking up, my routine is let the dog out, pour the coffee, grab the Bible. And I'm pouring my coffee and I just felt the Lord say, that's what you go to first. And so although I didn't do a food fast in that season, I really felt convicted like, this is something I turn to for pleasure, for enjoyment. And it typically sits on the table and gets cold during my Bible time. So why the urgency to go pour that cup of coffee? Um, but yeah, it's it's been interesting to see how the Lord reveals the things that we go to. And in times of fasting, I find myself turning to the Lord and having this revelation of, oh, I didn't realize I turned to cookies for comfort, or I didn't realize it's so easy to stay up late and scroll through Instagram. Um, Yeah, he just reveals the things that we turn to. And in fasting, we realize, man, that's a lot of time in my day. That's a lot of focus that I could give to God. And in that, he just draws closer to me. So those are some of our experiences and fasting, how it's benefited us. Uh, And we pray that that's an encouragement to you as to the way that the Lord might move in your life if you engage in the spiritual discipline. One more quote that I want to share as we kind of wrap up here. John Wesley said this uh, a long time ago. 
He said, Some have exalted religious fasting beyond all scripture and reason, and others have utterly disregarded it. We don't want to make either of those mistakes. We don't want to exalt religious fasting and worship the discipline itself, but we also don't want to totally disregard it. We want to find the healthy middle way here, um, and we want to do it unto the Lord. We want him to be made great, not make something great of ourselves as we approach the spiritual discipline. Um, I have found in my life that I have missed it both ways in this quote, that there are times where I've totally disregarded fasting as a spiritual discipline or as a way that I can relate to the Lord, but I've also missed it by making an idol of the fast or thinking it's a way that I can make my demands more appealing to God. Uh, neither of those ways are the right way. Uh, so let's let Scripture be our guide. Let the Lord lead you into this discipline, um, and I'm confident he will meet us there as we come lowly before him saying, Lord, I need you. More than anything else, I need you. I'm hungry and I'm thirsty for you to meet all of my needs. So we hope that you will join us as we do a three-day fast leading up to Chasing God on October 9th, 10th, and 11th as we humble ourselves to seek God and exalt him during those evening gatherings of Chasing God. So that's an opportunity for you to engage coming up here in a few weeks. Uh, it'll be on the 9th, 10th, and 11th. So we'd love for you, you to engage with the church as we prepare for Chasing God. Well, there you go, Vineyard. Thanks so much, Sarah and Christy. You both are treasures and appreciate you being here today to share with everybody. And I hope everyone learned a few things today about fasting and that you feel encouraged to engage in the spiritual discipline. See you this weekend.